On Monday, the church will celebrate the solemnity of St. Joseph, the spouse of the Blessed Virgin, or as some call it, St. Patrick's Day for Italians. But as wonderful as St. Patrick is, obviously St. Joseph holds a more special place in the heart of the church, because of of course Joseph was the husband of the Blessed Virgin Mary and the earthly father of Jesus Christ. We know precious little about the life of St. Joseph from the Gospels, but what little we know is indeed precious, because perhaps in a way that is closer to our practical realities than is Jesus or his Blessed Mother, St. Joseph illuminates for us the Christian life. The highest expression of the Christian life is in the evangelical councils, poverty, chastity, and obedience. These councils form the basis of religious vows, such as those taken by our dear Dominican deacons. The strictest experience of these evangelical councils is really only practical for those who live a vowed life in a religious community, such as a monastery, friary, or a convent. But even, but even for those of us in the secular world, we are meant to echo the evangelical councils in our approach to the Christian life because poverty, chastity, and obedience are not ends in themselves. They are not undertaken for their own sake. Rather, they are means to a greater perfection. That perfection is holiness or beatitude. And that is something that all of the baptized are called to, regardless of our vocation or our state in life. St. Joseph gives us a fitting example of a secular man, married, working in a trade, and raising a family, yet at the same time living poor, chaste, and obedient. First, St. Joseph was described as a tecton, which can mean a carpenter, but also some other sort of skilled or semi-skilled craftsman. Such craftsmen might well have commanded a good wage, at least at times when their skills were in high demand, but it would have been a precarious existence, subject to the booms and busts of the local economy. We see the poverty of the Holy Family reflected in the Gospel account of Jesus' presentation in the temple, where Joseph and Mary offered just a pair of turtle doves or pigeons. This was the humble offering for those too poor to afford to offer a lamb. We also know that Joseph lived in chaste continence in his marriage to the Blessed Virgin Mary. Yet despite making the sacrifice of one of the natural goods of marriage, St. Joseph lived out most fully the duties of husband and father. Indeed, we see this reflected in the fact that in Matthew's Gospel, the genealogy of St. Joseph is attributed to Jesus, despite the fact of the virgin birth. Joseph, in living out his marital vows to Mary so perfectly, truly became one flesh with her, despite the continence that they experienced within their marriage. And because of this, the child born to Mary was in some mystical sense his flesh as well, fully entitled to be called son of David in virtue of Joseph's foster paternity. And finally, we know that St. Joseph was obedient. On at least two occasions in Scripture, we see him unquestioningly obeying the command that God gives to him. Joseph, son of David, Do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, into your home. And rise, take the child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I call you back.
An important thing to remember is that in living poverty, chastity, and obedience, these things were not, for St. Joseph, a purely personal aspiration towards holiness. They were also meant the means by which he guarded the life of the Holy Family. Recall the dismissal that was directed towards Jesus by the crowds. Is this not the carpenter's son? The people couldn't believe that the son of a simple carpenter could be the Messiah. And as much as this displays a certain snobbishness on the part of the people, it is conversely a wonderful testament to the success of St. Joseph in keeping the Holy Family protected from sin. Remember, too, the devil, when tempting Christ in the desert, prefaced his challenges to Jesus by saying, if you really are the Son of God, as if the devil himself was still unsure of who Jesus actually was, because St. Joseph did not allow the devil any foothold into the life of the Holy Family. St. Joseph was, in effect, the weakest link in the Holy Family. He was not the Son of God like Jesus, nor was he immaculately preserved from sin like the Blessed Virgin Mary. Yet in his living out of the evangelical counsels of poverty, chastity, and obedience, he protected the interior life of the Holy Family from the worldly corruptions of materialism, licentiousness, and pride, the tools that the devil uses to break up and to destroy families. Had St. Joseph not been the holy man that he was, the hidden life of Jesus, during which he prepared himself for his earthly ministry, might have been exposed and compromised to the detriment of the salvation of souls. This is why St. Joseph is referred to as the terror of demons. His simplicity, his silence, and his humble dedication to his vocation as father, husband, and craftsman presented an impenetrable shield to the devil and to his influence. That same duty falls to all fathers to guard their households from these sins. Where fathers are strong like St. Joseph, then we know that families will be strong. And where a father loves like St. Joseph was able to love, then we know that a family will be in love. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.